That's right, it's time for another episode of the Bibbader Podcast. Um, I think it may be time to do away with that intro and come up with a new one. Uh, That intro was kind of, sort of, put together on a dare, and it was funny because of that, and it's still kind of funny, but I think it may be time for a new thing, so... Uh, maybe I'll work on a new intro or something with some music or, or something like that. Uh, let me know what you think, listeners. Um, what we're going to do today is we're going to basically recap the whole season. This is what, the 2041 season, I believe. Recap the entire 2041 season. Uh, hit some of the game recaps. Won't spend a lot of time on that. Um, and then cover some player development news. I don't think people have been real consistent about entering that into Discord. I know I haven't been, so I may not catch everything, but we'll hit some of it. Um, And then uh, we'll close with uh, maybe a a couple of stories. So, the 2041 season, uh, first user, head-to-head user game of the year came in, was it week one? No, week three, uh, there were two of them. I think they were played right at the same time. Um, So we had the Patriots and Panthers. Now the Patriots, because of uh, the aforementioned, I think everybody knows about this now, uh, internet problems for the Patriots, have not been playing very many of these games. Usually they are simulated and uh, they get a forced loss which really stinks for them, Um, but it's kind of the way it is. But uh, they played this one, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, and I did not see it. I was uh, busy with the Packers game, if I remember right. So I don't know what happened here. Uh, It looks like it was a pretty good game. I remember there being some chatter about maybe a wild finish to this game. So it'd be great to get a little bit of a recap from somebody who knows what happened. Uh, if there's anybody out there that wants to, um, but this was a 24-23 New England victory, and looks like, yeah, I bet this was kind of crazy, uh, looks like there was only one score in the fourth quarter, and it was a safety for the Panthers, so that pulled the Panthers to within one point, huh? So the Patriots, all their scoring was in the first half. Uh, so it was, it was 24-14 at halftime. And then the uh, Panthers scored a touchdown in the third quarter. And got a safety in the fourth quarter. So I'm not sure how all that happened uh, and what made that game close. I don't know if the Panthers had a chance to win it right at the end or not. But sounds like an exciting game, kind of an interesting game. Uh, so 24-23 victory for the Patriots uh, in week three. And then the Monday night football game that week was the Browns at Packers, and this was not as exciting. This was a 17-3 Cleveland win over Green Bay. Um, I'm not remembering a whole lot about this game. I think Cleveland had one long passing touchdown against a a man coverage uh, problem for the Packers, and then I think they had a long run, if I'm remembering the correct game here. Like an 80-yard run that broke loose. 
and scored a touchdown. Um, and the Packers really struggled. They had a bunch of turnovers in this game. Uh, Zach Hutton coming off his MVP rookie year lost Bo Nicholas in the offseason. And so he was kind of spoiled by having two X-Factor receivers, uh, actually three X-Factor receivers with Deontay James uh, on his offense last year. And without Nicholas kind of getting used to this new team, he struggled a little bit and was really reckless with the football. And the Browns, you know, they didn't have to score a whole bunch to come out with the victory in this one. So it was 17-3. Browns went over the Packers. Uh, let me see if I can find... Some more user games. I think they were later in the year uh, at this point. We had the... I believe we had... Yeah, we had the Chiefs and Browns at one point. We also had the Packers, Panthers. And I think that's it. I think the Patriots didn't play any more of their head-to-head -head user games. Which, again, that's that's rough for them. That Just the chance to play games is pretty important. Uh, as far as winning those games and as far as player development, uh, it, it all matters quite a bit. And the Patriots just haven't gotten to do that this year. Hopefully this is the only year that that is a factor. But, you know, we, we still don't know that yet. Uh, okay, yeah, week 15 we had two more head-to-head -head user games. We had the Browns at the Chiefs. The Browns won this one 28-13, and I know uh, the Chiefs were a little frustrated at the end and uh, a little bit salty. I, I thought the Chiefs played quite well in this game for the most part. Uh, Dylan Nixon, his legs are a factor in these games. He's able to scramble and make things happen by completing passes and, getting, and he can get yards uh, running on the ground. And he uh, really helped the Chiefs stay in the game um, because of his ability to make plays, and he protected the football. And the Chiefs played pretty good defense against the Browns, too, um, except for one thing. You cannot play cover one against the Browns. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Uh, we had... A listener question a while back where they said, hey, how do you stop the Browns? And I spent a good 15 minutes on it, and some of it was on uh, playing offense against them, and some of it was on playing defense against them. And, and one of my main points is if they know what the coverage is uh, before the snap, then they know exactly where they want to go with the ball. And on at least two of the Browns' touchdowns, and I'm pretty sure it was three of them, uh, the Chiefs were playing cover one. It was obvious before the snap that they only had one safety in the middle of the field, and they were playing man coverage. And the Browns threw the wheel route to the slot receiver and scored a touchdown. I think that happened three times. I know for sure it happened two. Uh, and you just can't do that. Uh, you got to know your opponent. And uh, the Chiefs knew going in that that's what the Browns do. I mean, we, we're 21 years into this franchise We've all seen each other play a bunch of games. So if you know the opponent's favorite play and you give them the defense that works the best for that play, you you better do something to mitigate that advantage you're giving them, whether it's user control a guy 
to try and take away their first read or disguise the coverage or something. Um, so I'm, you know, again, I, I went over the best ways to play against the Browns and I'm not saying it's easy, but I went over those ways for about 15 minutes, uh, a couple seasons back on a podcast and the two teams that spend the most time playing against the Browns have not seemed to use very much of that information to their advantage. Um, so should maybe be trying to do that and uh, also build on that and find things that work for your team and find little strategies that work for you uh, and can kind of fit the way you play. But if you're not going to use or control anybody in coverage and then you give them a coverage that they uh, they can obviously clearly see what it is, it's, it's tough to stop the Browns. And if you give them their favorite coverage against their favorite play, it's an automatic touchdown. That's just the way it is now. Uh, so anyway, you know, if it weren't for a couple of those plays, I think this game would have been anybody's game. Um, so, you know, learn that lesson, Chiefs, and the rest of the league, because I know it's happened to me too. Don't play straight cover one against the Browns. Don't do it. Bad idea. Okay, the other Week 15 game, uh, Sunday Night Football, Packers at Panthers. And this was a pretty good game. Um, Still, turnovers are happening quite a bit between these two teams. Uh, The quarterbacks aren't uh, real clean with the football all the time. Uh, Four interceptions for Zach Hutton. He's had quite a few this year, over 20, I believe. And Jimmy Griffith had two. Uh, Both quarterbacks also threw a touchdown. Um, But it was ultimately a good game, very close game. Both teams ran the ball a little bit. The Packers came out on the opening drive and ran the ball right down the Panthers' throat. Uh, And then I think they had to settle for for a field goal. Uh, No, they scored a touchdown on that opening drive. But then they were dormant until the fourth quarter after that. Uh, And then the Panthers came back and scored... 10 in the second, and 7 in the third. Um, uh, What else interesting happened in this game? Uh, I think both teams, yeah, both teams got to the quarterback quite a bit, uh, and that, I think, contributed to the interceptions as well. Uh, The the pressure was forcing people to throw the ball uh, before they were comfortable, and resulted in some sacks as well. So sacks and takeaways. Uh, that said, it was still a pretty good game. Uh, games don't always have to be clean to be really good games, and this one was a, a good game that went back and forth. Uh, the Packers in the fourth quarter uh, may have missed some opportunities. Drove the length of the field, got, I believe it was the one-yard line, or is certainly inside the five, and on fourth and really short at the goal line. They went for a field goal and got it. Uh, And that ended up later helping them tie the game. Uh, But maybe should have been more aggressive there. Should have gone for the touchdown. Because then they scored a touchdown again later that would have put them ahead and given them the lead. Um, But, you know, it's tough to know what to do in those situations. Uh, So then, late in the fourth quarter, the Packers scored a touchdown. And tied the game, or came within one point and made it 20-19 not 2019, made it 17-16, and just automatically selected the extra point. Probably should have gone for two there. 
the odds of making the two-point conversion, I think, are better than the odds of the 50-50 coin toss and then, you know, winning in overtime. Um, but the Packers, uh, they selected the extra point without thinking and then considered just they didn't have any timeouts left. If they had any timeouts left, they would have taken one, gone for two. Uh, but they considered taking the five-yard penalty and then going for two, but the, those odds wouldn't have been as good. So I uh, went to overtime, and I don't remember exactly how it happened. I, I know the Panthers won the toss, but I actually think both teams punted once uh, before the Panthers ended up getting the ball and kicking the game-winning field goal, or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but at any rate... Maybe the Panthers burned up all the overtime time and then kicked the field goal. I think that's that what happened. Um, anyway, the Panthers won the game 20-17. to Once again, excellent game management at the end of the game for the Panthers. Uh, this, this matchup between these two teams has been going back and forth a little bit in recent years, so that's pretty fun to watch. And they will almost certainly, uh, yeah, let's face it, they will certainly meet each other in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the rematch there. So that covers the game recaps for this season. Uh, Week 16, 17, a whole bunch of guys played games against the computer and got themselves into the playoffs and piled up a bunch of stats and all that good stuff. Uh, We won't cover that because that's pretty boring. Um, And again, feel sorry for the Patriots. They didn't get to play very many of these games, but hopefully that's about to be uh, remedied. To the development trait news this year. Now, I think it's been a pretty quiet year, really, for the development traits. Uh, I'm going to start with the Packers, just because I'm more familiar with them, and because they didn't always get their uh, news put on the Discord, so just go off the top of my head here. Uh, all their rookies that had hidden development traits uh, revealed as stars. And no uh, development games for any other players this year. Uh, So that would mean, who are the rookies revealed as stars? Uh, Devon Noble, defensive end from Kansas, revealed as a star. And then they had a strong safety revealed as a star, Jimmy Barrett, uh, who played a little bit this year and... Yeah, it wasn't anything better than a star. Uh, And then Sharif Baker, a middle linebacker that they took high in the draft, uh, revealed as a star, but he did get a breakout game in Week 17, and they got him the superstar. So that's good news for the Packers. Uh, Other than that, no other development trait news for the season for the Packers, so maybe a little slower than they would have liked. Uh, we'll go to the Chiefs. Wide receiver Cornick is a star. So, at, at this point, stars really kind of boring. Uh, 25-year-old receiver that's got really good speed stats. Um, so, maybe they try to get him on the field a little bit more and uh, try to develop him a little bit more because uh, that guy could have a pretty good career if they can get him Uh, developed then for we'll go to the Browns 
Of course, the Browns did have some players reveal as more than star. Really about the only team this year. Uh, on Discord it says Patron. I don't think that's his name. I think it's Patton. Uh, yeah, rookie cornerback Cordavius Patton revealed as an X-Factor. So, <laughs> twice in the last three years, uh, the Browns have a cornerback, one of the toughest positions to get to X-Factor. They have them reveal as X-Factors right off the bat. Uh, and he's a shutdown corner to go with Ralph Frederick, Frederick who is also a shutdown corner. Um, 22 years old. He's a rookie. Uh, tremendous news for the Browns. And then their defensive tackle, Sampson, revealed as a superstar. So well, the re reveals for the Browns, better news than for everybody else in the league. Uh, Laura Sam Lawrence Sampson. Uh, at 25 years old, is now a superstar defensive tackle. He's an 86 overall. He's unfakeable, which is a, an ability that seems like everybody's getting these days. Um, but it certainly comes on handy on play-action passes and things like that. So that's the news for the Browns. And then for the Patriots, scroll down and find the Patriots. Uh, cornerback slash free safety Ray Newton. Why is he a cornerback slash free safety? Because they keep moving him from one to the other a whole bunch. Uh, but he reveals as a star. He's a rookie. Uh, 90 speed, 92 acceleration, 86 agility. Seems like this guy should probably stay at safety uh, if he was on my team. He was one of the high draft picks for the Patriots. And then right guard Lee Polk reveals as a star. Um, so he's an 82 overall rookie. Uh, that's pretty good for a rookie lineman at that level. Tough thing about linemen that are stars is you just can't get them up to anything else. Uh, I kind of wonder if they win a bunch of awards and go to a bunch of Pro Bowls, if maybe then they uh, at some point will increase to a superstar, but I don't think we've seen that happen. And then another rookie, Niles Mickens, at right outside linebacker, revealed as a superstar for the Patriots. So that's good news for him. 22 years old, uh, 83 overall. So a, a guy that can uh, go on the opposite side of, forgot his name, their defensive end slash outside linebacker slash middle linebacker. Uh, what was his name? Find it real quick. Elijah Warner. Uh, he'll go on the other side of Elijah Warner and uh, give the the Patriots another pass rusher there. He's a speed rushing uh, player, and he got the unfakeable, uh, unfakeable ability, which everybody's getting. So that covers, uh, at least from what I have uh, available to me here, that covers the development trait news for this season. Doesn't seem like a whole lot's going on, except for the Browns, of course, who I believe have superstars and superstar X-Factors starting at every position on their defense. Um, but for everybody else, just a bunch of stars and stuff like that. So we'll see at the end of the season when the awards and things come out. We'll see uh, if anything changes there.
And finally, it's time for another edition of These Guys Are Professionals? Uh? Still working on an intro. I don't know if that's the way to go with it or not. Uh, one of the kind of goofy stories, uh, goofy NFL stories or goofy football stories. And this one is actually more about the media than it is about the NFL, although it completely relates to the NFL. Um, this past week, uh, Doug Peterson, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, uh, was doing his regularly scheduled um, radio spot on the local sports station. I don't remember what station this is. You can find this on YouTube if you uh, Google Doug Peterson pissed off or something like that. Um, he's doing a regular spot, and if, if you haven't been following the NFL, uh, the Eagles are in the NFC East with the Cowboys and the Washington football team and the Giants, and all these teams are they're just bad. They're, just, they're terrible. Uh, and at, at this point, it looks like w- the team that wins this division could potentially have a record of 5-11, and 11. Uh, which is, I would think that would be uh, unprecedented. I, I don't know for sure. I haven't looked it up. Uh, we've seen in recent years, every once in a while, if a division is bad, then a team will win it with an 8-8 eight and eight record or maybe even a 7-9 and nine record. That's happened, I believe, twice that I can remember. Um, but a five-win team winning a division would be would be pathetic. And I don't know if that's going to, I still think it'll probably be a seven win team that'll win the division. It's just really hard to have four teams in the same division and none of them get to seven wins. That's mathematically difficult, but it could happen. So right now the Eagles look like the favorite to win the division and they may only get to five wins. So they're not having a good year, but they're still in the hunt to make the playoffs. Uh, It's kind of a weird situation to be in, but at any rate, uh, they're clearly, uh, underperforming, and of course that's frustrating for everybody. And if you know anything about Philadelphia fans, it's frustrating for them, and they really let you know about it if they are uh, frustrated. This is a team that was uh, throwing batteries uh, on the field before, and they're 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 always the quickest team to boo their own team, or the quickest fan base to boo their own team when it's not going well. So it's a tough place to be underachieving, which is exactly what the Eagles are doing this year. A lot of it has to do with Carson Wentz, their quarterback, who's a talented guy, is just not playing well. Anyway, that's the background. Uh, Doug Peterson was coming on the radio show to do his normal hit, and of course he's frustrated, and they're all frustrated. And the radio team, these these are the people I'm saying, these guys are professionals? Uh, The radio team, you know, they... Whenever they do these interviews, uh, they get the guy on the phone, so they get Doug Peterson on the phone, and then they do their little introduction and then start talking to him. Well, at the beginning of their introduction, the first thing they did was they mentioned a poll that they were doing. They were polling their audience, and the poll was who's to blame for uh, the Eagles' bad start to the season or whatever they asked on the poll. Uh, and 72% of the people polled were answering coaching is to blame for uh, the Eagles play right now. So so they they mention this poll and they say, here are our poll results. 72% of people 
blame coaching for the way the Eagles are playing, and then they immediately welcomed Doug Peterson on. So he heard that, and that was how they introduced him onto the segment. Uh, and then he mentioned that he was pissed off. So it's pretty funny, kind of sad, uh, but pretty funny. He also goes on to say he's more pissed off at himself than anything else, which uh, as a coach, I I know how that feels. Like when everybody's blaming you for your team not winning, you're like, yeah, I'm not happy with myself either. Um, but anyway, I thought that was, I mean, at the very least, that's just a rude way to introduce your guest onto your radio show. So I encourage you to go listen to that if you're looking for a little bit of kind of dark amusement um, and and go go listen to Doug Peterson. Just go, well, I'm pissed off, Angelo. I'm pissed off. Uh, and if I can figure out a way to make that a sound drop on the podcast, I'm definitely going to do it because that would be fun. And then one last news story that's not related to any of this. Uh, particularly for you guys that are playing the Browns and you don't feel like you can beat the Browns, you can do it. Okay, this is a story I just saw this morning. A 74-year-old retired Florida man wrestled an alligator to save his three-month-old puppy. Okay, the alligator had the puppy in its jaws and he jumped in the water, wrestled the alligator, pried its jaws open, and got his puppy free. Go find this story. It's awesome. Apparently there's a video somewhere. I haven't found it yet, but there's a video of this somewhere. Uh, so it's just a little inspiration for you. If a 74-year-old guy can wrestle an alligator off of his puppy, you can do anything. So uh, I thought that was a fun story to mention. So go find it and be inspired. That'll do it for today. Until next time, enjoy playing Madden. Music